Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, November 29th, Championship Week. Let's start with the In Case You Missed It portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Ugh, I would be lying if I didn't say that it has been a rough Thanksgiving week for the Sooner fans, but we're going to start off with some basketball. In men's college basketball, we have some major news to catch up on. But we're going to start from the beginning. Number 14, Illinois, fell 51-71 to to an undefeated Cincinnati team. Hmm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? However, then Cincinnati lost the next day to Arkansas. Number one, Gonzaga beat number two, UCLA, 83-63, to thanks to their first half where they outscored the Bruins 45-25. to However, then the Zags went on to lose to number five, Duke, 84 to 81 on Saturday. But the biggest news was number 10, Alabama, lost to Iona, who became the first MAC team in history to beat a top 10 team. Number four, Kansas was upset by Dayton due to a buzzer beater to lead to a 74 to 73 score. And number nine, Memphis got their butts handed to them and lost 78-59 to by Iowa State. There were six other losses in the top 25 that I didn't even cover. Duke is newly ranked number one due to the last week. Number two is Purdue, with number three being Gonzaga. Four is Baylor, and UCLA drops to number five. For time's sake, I'm actually going to skip the NBA news that's on the blog, so if you want some, go there. Because in college football, there was just too much going on that I can't skip. There were only five losses in the top 25, but oh, what a weekend it was. Number two, Ohio State, who looked like the only team we thought could rival number one Georgia, got beaten by Michigan. Harbaugh had never beaten Ohio State in his tenure at the school, and it had been over 10 years since Michigan won. It was indeed Bedlam in Oklahoma when the Sooners made late mistakes, leading to them missing their first conference championship game in six years. LSU won their last game with Coach O against number 15, Texas A&M, and a nail-biter that came all the way down to the wire. Alabama 
almost lost and was scoreless through the entire first half for the first time since 2000. And Auburn still could not get it done. Now they did take it to four overtimes, but Alabama did end up winning that game. Quarterback Bryce Young made an argument for his Heisman, taking the team a full 97 yards in like under a minute in the game to go to overtime. And then obviously they won in four overtimes. Number eight, Baylor also had a scare against Texas Tech. And with their record of kicking long, late field goals, I wouldn't want to bet against them. But the Bears did come away successful. Iowa scored 19 points against Nebraska in the fourth quarter to take the last minute win. Both teams were on backup quarterbacks. And sadly, UTSA lost to UNT. That breaks their 11-game win streak. So the losses this week were number two, Ohio State, number 10, Oklahoma, number 14, Wisconsin, who misses out on the Big Ten championship game because of it, number 15, Texas A&M, and number 22, UTSA. Now, I don't usually say this on this blog, but if you didn't know this next part, you probably have been literally living under a rock because Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley has jumped ship to move to take the opening job at USC. This news broke late about 3 p.m. on Sunday after Florida announced that they had hired Napier from Louisiana. However, it stole the spotlight as Lincoln Riley moving to USC was a huge headline in the coaching carousel. TCU has hired SMU head coach Sonny Dykes to replace their beloved Gary Patterson. So not a too far a move from Fort Worth to or from Dallas to Fort Worth. Sonny Dykes was 30 and 18 at SMU and SMU actually beat TCU this year. SMU, in retaliation, hired Miami's OC, Rhett Lashley, as their new head coach. Why, you may ask? Well, that's probably because he was SMU's OC in 2018 and 2019 before moving to Miami. So he's really just coming back. So now open is still LSU, now Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, and Louisiana. So as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it is conference championship week, and there was some drama with teams getting in. I don't even think Las Vegas would take the odds that Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Clemson would all miss their conference championship games, not just not win them, but actually miss even going to play for them. Anyway, college game day will be at the SEC championship for the long-awaited Georgia versus Alabama showdown. Let me give you a quick rundown of the conferences and who's competing for them. The American Athletic will be competed against Houston and Cincinnati, who looks like they will be into the college football playoff if they win. I will probably do a whole separate post on that on Thursday. The ACC will be Pitt versus Wake Forest. The Big Ten will be played Michigan versus Iowa. Iowa got in after their win over Nebraska and Wisconsin lost their game to Minnesota. The Big 12 will be competed Oklahoma State with college football playoff hopes versus Baylor. Conference USA will be Western Kentucky versus the finally beaten UTSA. The MAC will be Kent State versus Northern Illinois. The Mountain West will be Utah State versus San Diego State. 
The Pac-12 will be a rematch of Oregon versus Utah. The SEC obviously will be Alabama versus Georgia. And the Sun Belt will be App State versus Louisiana. We all know Thanksgiving week is the perfect week to watch NFL. So let's go through the week 12 recap. Man, the Lions just cannot catch a break after losing another game with a late field goal, this time by the Bears. They move to 0-10. The Cowboys lost to the Raiders also on Thanksgiving, 36-33, in a game where there was more penalty yards than rushing yards. Both teams had 14 penalties apiece for a combined 276 yards. It was insane. The Pats continue to roll threw their way into the lead of the AFC East after beating the Titans 36-13. That has turned out to be quite a surprise. The Giants beat the Eagles 13-7 after the Philly team had four different turnovers. They also retired Michael Strahan's number 92. If you watch GMA, you know who that is. The Packers hold on to a W 36-28 against the Rams to tie the Cardinals with nine wins, the best in the league. The Texans let another one get away, losing to the Jets in a battle of who can get to three wins first. The Texans lost that battle. And if your significant other is pissed because of fantasy, he probably has Christian McCaffrey, who is the running back for the Panthers, and he is out Again, on injured reserve on another ankle injury. Moving along to golf, we had Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau in the match over Thanksgiving the day after. And Brooks Kepka won in dominating fashion, winning four and three, which means he was up four with three holes to go. Bryson DeChambeau did win the longest drive competition, but he had no birdies in the actual playing of the game. The event was full of quips and smack talk by both and the announcers, and needless to say, it just made for good TV. But if you ask, did they bury the hatchet? Brooks's response when he wanted to play more with Bryson DeChambeau? Nah, I'm good. Lee Elder, the first black golfer to play in the Masters in 1975, passed away at age 87 on Sunday. He was already in poor health and used an oxygen tube when he showed up at the Masters just in April. He was actually being honored due to the social injustice movement, and they had him on the first tee. Like I said, he played Augusta in 1975, which before that had only been allowed to be played by white golfers. And it took another 22 years before a black golfer would win the green jacket. And of course, that was Tiger Woods. In some Olympic sports news, Michaela Schifrin won the rescheduled Killington Giant Slalom. Originally, she was the slowest skier down the mountain, but the race was canceled on Saturday due to bad weather. It was rerun the next day, and she won her 46th career slalom. She beat Petra Valova by .0.75 seconds after trailing .2 seconds after round one. This was the first World Cup race in North America in over two years due to COVID, and Schifrin had won all the slalom races competed at Killington before that. This being her 46th slalom win also ties her with Ingemar Stenmark's most wins in a single discipline. That is a huge deal because Ingemar is known as the GOAT when it comes to alpine skiing. 
Sticking with winter games, Sapporo Japan is expected to put its name into the hat to potentially host the 2030 Olympic Games. It is running on the platform that it's cost effective as they've actually hosted the games before, which was in 1972. Other cities to express interest are the Catalonia-Aragon region of Spain, Ukraine, Vancouver, and maybe Salt Lake City, but Salt Lake City has actually put it in for 2030 or 2034. And a little bit of a follow-up story on last week's tennis news. Chinese tennis star Peng Zhui has been spotted in public. However, all the photos of her smiling have surfaced on basically a social media that is run by the government-controlled media. So the IOC, however, has come out and said that the president had a video call with her on Sunday and that she is doing well and living in her home in Beijing. This does not put to rest the sexual assault allegations that she made, but this is saying that she is alive and we'll see if that's the last we hear of that. That wraps up what you missed over the last week. Let's go over what to watch this upcoming week. In the NBA, we have two games on Tuesday, the Knicks at the Nets. Try saying that five times fast at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Warriors at the Suns at 9. Then on Friday, we have the 76ers at the Hawks at 6.30 on ESPN, followed by the Battle of LA with the Clippers at the Lakers at 9 p.m. on ESPN. As college football kind of ramps down, college basketball ramps up. We have the Big East Big 12 battle tournament going on this week highlighted by Kansas at St. John. That is on Friday, December 3rd. We also have Iowa, which is undefeated at 7 and 0 versus number 2 Purdue, also undefeated at 8 p.m. on Big 10 Network. Then on Saturday, we have a bunch of games, and that's highlighted by Alabama at Gonzaga is our ranked first ranked matchup that day at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. This next week in college football, we have the second to last college football playoff ranking show on Tuesday at 7 on ESPN, like always. It'll be really interesting because this will determine pretty much how far people can jump going into conference championship week. We then have conference championships beginning on Friday. I've already gone over who's competing for what championship. So Conference USA and the Pac-12 are on Friday night, followed by Saturday, the MAC and the Big 12 at 11 a.m. The Big 12 will be on ABC. The Mountain West Sunbelt will also be on Saturday followed by the SEC championship game again, Georgia versus Alabama at 3 p.m. on CBS. The American Athletic Conference will play at 3 o'clock on ABC. That is Houston versus Cincinnati. Let's see if Cincinnati can actually make it in to the college football playoff. We then have the Big Ten at 7 p.m. on Fox, Michigan versus Iowa, and the ACC at the same time, Pitt versus Wake at 7 p.m. on ABC. In the NFL on Monday Night Football, this Monday we have the Seahawks at Washington at 7.15 on ESPN. Then Thursday Night Football, the Cowboys have another Thursday game at the Saints this time at 7.20 p.m. on Fox. On Sunday, we'll have seven games at noon depending on your geographical location. The 3.05 games on Fox are either Washington at the Raiders or the Jags at Rams. 
Then the 325 games on CBS are either the Ravens at the Steelers or the 49ers at the Seahawks. And at 720 on Sunday, we have the Broncos at the Chiefs on NBC. Monday, December 12th, you'll see the Patriots at the Bills for Monday Night Football at 715 on ESPN. We actually have some Olympic sports this weekend, literally just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We've got some skiing, including the men's Super G at 11.30 a.m. on NBCSN on Friday. The men's downhill at noon on Saturday, same channel, followed by snowboarding Big Air at 8 p.m. on Saturday. And then we've got the biathlon, luge, speed skating, and bobsled on Sunday, also on NBCSN. To finish up, we have the Americans International Friendly Match of Australia versus the United States at a bright and early 3.05 a.m. on ESPN. That's on Tuesday. We then have two NCAA women's games on Friday at 6 p.m. on ESPNU and 8.30. That is Florida State at Rutgers and BYU at Santa Clara as they wrap up their season. So again, I hope y'all had a lovely Thanksgiving with your family. I know it could have ended better for some of us Sooners like myself, but I hope you had a great time and thanks for tuning in. Check you guys next week.